Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Things. All right, man. Episode 59. 59. Almost uh, hitting another milestone soon. I'll be at number 60 soon. All right, man. Let's let's get right into this. Um, one of the things that uh, it's it's kind of a trending topic, but it's not like at the top of the list. But the sex strike. I guess uh, actor Melissa Mil- Alyssa Milano, the one that was on, uh, I think it was Who's the Boss? With Tony Danza. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't misquote. I don't want to misquote that, but I believe that's what it is. I grew up watching it, but. Yeah, uh, she's a pretty big TV actress. Yeah, yeah. Now, Alyssa Milano is also like a feminist act slash activist, right? And she said that uh, she wanted to have a sex strike because uh, basically it was about like women's women's uh it was the uh oh god i'm gonna butcher this it was uh their right to uh it was the uh anti-abortion thing Mm -hmm. like basically uh, in georgia they passed the law that if a child had made it six weeks and they had a heartbeat that you could not have an abortion and she's basically saying that you don't have the right to tell women what to do with their body Mm -hmm. now I will, for one, say that as a man, I just don't feel like I have the authority, nor should I have an opinion on what women should do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole sex strike thing to me also doesn't make sense because it's like that's just called abstinence. Yeah. Like you're just not fucking. That's the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's encouraging women not to have sex, I guess, to show the like systematically, you know, uh, Go ahead. You could probably elaborate on yeah. this a little bit. I don't like that argument, though. Some people were throwing that out there that uh, basically saying like, oh, you're stupid. You're just being abstinent. That's what they want you to do. Yeah. That the 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 ideas, the concept or the the actual things are the same. They're identical. Right. But the idea is different. The idea mm-hmm. is that, you know, um, sex is like a huge thing amongst like human beings. And right. You know, so essentially what she's doing is like we're punishing you by not having sex with you. Right. And whether we think that works or not is one thing, but I don't like people equating it to like, oh, you're just being abstinence or oh, you're just doing whatever the, you know, the right wing people want you to do. Yeah, that's a bad argument. Yeah. So, you know, that's my idea. It's it's a concept that, you know, I don't know if it works or not. You know, it probably doesn't work, but it's right. it's a thing that has... um it's uh, some years back, Spike Lee made a movie called Chirac, and that was the idea. The like one of the themes in the movie was that basically the the they he wanted the women to go on strike um, in order to stop the killing, so the women would stop having sex with the men for sixty days or however many days, and you know, essentially that would hopefully stop the killing. Um, but yeah, that's it's um, that would make it worse. Stop having uh, I don't yeah, know You ain't busting no nuts You're gonna be mad as a motherfucker Yeah Like I, guess. I ain't getting no pussy I'm shooting all of these niggas <laughs> But they still killing people And probably have sex Yeah later, So I don't know what You take the sex away dude That's gonna make it worse Yeah I don't know But <laughs> You know It's not a scientific thing It's just a Right It's a know, theory a, Yeah Some some idea that the woman came up with But you know She's trying something, you know. There's a lot of people sitting on their hands out here, so yeah. You know, I, to, for one, I'll say this: I don't agree or disagree with it. I just, I, I think that ultimately, like I like I said, I don't feel that we should have much say so on what a woman does with her body. But like the whole like um, 
she's telling people to go on a sex strike. I mean, hey, man, uh, if that's what she feel works, okay. But at the same time, it's just like I can see both sides. Like, my thing is, is um, I just don't believe, like, when people call, they call women baby killers and stuff. Like, you don't know what that woman's situation is. Yeah. Like, of course, we believe in, the, the you know, preserving human life. But at the same time, it's like, damn, bro, have you ever been a woman that was pregnant? Like, yeah. I have never been that. So that's mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I try not to be too opinionated on that. Yeah. You know? I think if if men had the if men were able to get pregnant, then our views on this thing would totally change. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you, when you when you narrow it down, you see a bunch of people in suits and ties talking about what women should do with their bodies, which yeah. I, I disagree with. I guess I disagree with that. Yeah, but then the whole sex strike thing is just like, man, there might be some men getting punished that deserve some pussy. They ain't getting none, man. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You get home off, get home from work after a long day. You want to, you know, you know, have some fun with your wife. And she's like, no, we're on a sex strike, and uh, I can't do that. And if you respect me, I'll be like, damn. Yeah. Hopefully, that would drive him to, you know, get out on the front lines and start picketing. Man, I'm trying to pick it in some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> But if you do, I guess if you women out there or whoever um, choose to do this, the sex strike, then, you know, kudos to you. Yeah, kudos to you, man. And, you know, uh, good luck with that. All right, moving, uh, switching gears. <laughs> the whole Aisha Curry thing. Basically, uh, recently, Aisha Curry talked about how, you know, um, she understands that women throw themselves at Steph Curry. And for the past 10 years, she feels like she is not getting enough male attention. Like, basically, she feels like her her worth or her worthiness to the world is not as great mm-hmm. as she would like it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my take on it. All right. I think this is one of the reasons why marriages don't work. Now, I'm not saying that she has a bad marriage. It could be a good one. But for her to talk on a panel of women about how she doesn't get enough male attention and then they... They respond by saying, oh, baby girl, it's okay. We get it. Okay? <laughs> it's okay. We get it. <laughs> the same thing happened to me, girl. Don't worry. It's not you, girl. It's not, it's not you. you. It's just that you're blocking it out right now. Yeah. Okay, let's be you're very not clear. seeking it. Yeah, you're not seeking it. Bullshit, you are. <laughs> this is the problem. If you are married, why is it a priority to get attention? Like and why is it a pro- I, I believe in free if a woman's receiving free attention where there's a guy that's like wow you're beautiful I can't get mad even if it's my wife getting hit on by someone I can't get mad at my wife for that she can't control that okay mm-hmm. now if it's if she wants that attention that's another thing it means that anytime I told my wife that she was beautiful it was never enough yeah that's a fucking problem this is why I strongly encourage a whole face I encourage you fuck as many people as possible. Not like on some fucking anarchy pussy shit, but I'm. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) I mean, go and live your life before you get married. People talk about, no, you you know, people that are hardcore Christians don't believe in premarital sex and shit. But I feel like you should explore your your sexual um, experience, not like as much as you need to. Well, it's up to you. I just think you need to have experience prior to the person you're going to marry. Because once you get married, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. It's a done fucking deal. And if you still need attention from motherfuckers that don't offer you anything else but dick, 
then you got a problem. Because Aisha Curry does not want attention from a guy like me. Trust me. Mm-hmm. She don't want that. Because I can't do nothing with her because she's married. And if we did anything, it would involve sex. So why the fuck do you need attention from guys like me? Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, she's she's kind of just, she ba- she basically said it was one of her insecurities. Right. And, um, yeah, I think that ideally you should only care for the attention of your husband. You know right. What I mean? And I don't know what their relationship is like, but... Right. Um, I'd hope that, you know, Steph Curry is the kind of person that show, you know, continuously tells her that, you know, she's beautiful and she's the most amazing, you know, person in the world. This but, ain't on him, bro. Wait, what? This ain't on him at all. Yeah, I'm, I, that that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> um, you know, that should be enough. You know, whatever Steph Curry's saying, it, sh- it should be enough. But for her to be seeking stuff outside of that is just like, it just doesn't really make sense to me. I think that it's it's like that's more like psychological. You right. know what I mean? It's just one of them things where you have you, she's looking for almost like dysfunction it feels like. Yeah. Cuz you have an ideal situation, but you want whomever whomever outside is only going to lead to like negativity. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Charlemagne said this the best. Shout out to Charlemagne. He said, when you give people the power to build you up, they will break you down. And he could not say it any better. And basically, what it means is when you are seeking this affirmation and you don't receive it, then you don't feel like you have any value. Now, another problem is social media. And I'm telling you right now, you know the chicks you see on there with these big fat asses and these big old titties and these beautiful hair and his beautiful skin they all want to fuck steph curry they probably been in his inbox they've been throwing themselves at him oh that was a good game steph you think she don't see none of this of course she does and if you real with yourself you know that there are people that are more physically attractive than you you know it so she's looking at all these women that look better than her that want to fuck her husband and she's thinking like who wants to fuck me who likes me who desires me and she don't have an answer for that. So on the back end of that, she's like, fuck. She can't play her role. And I hate to say it, relationships and marriages have roles. I can't get with a chick like J-Lo, who is a fucking alpha female, got a nice body and rich, and I'm tripping off J-Lo getting attention? I want people to notice me? Are you serious? I should be lucky that I'm even fucking with J-Lo in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't make equivalent to her and Steph because she's been down with Steph since they was kids. But that might be some of the problem that when you with somebody that long and you not and you don't get I don't. First of all, I don't know that this is this is purely speculation at best. If you've been with someone that long, and you ain't had a bunch of experience outside because I was talking uh, to your brother about this. Then who knows? Maybe it's a lack of experience. Maybe it's. You know, her own insecurities. But and all in all, that's some shit you should tell your husband. She knew she couldn't tell her husband about she wanted male attention because he'd be like, what the fuck you mean? Yeah, that's something that would only come up in a conversation with, with women. Yeah, with a bunch of women in the room. Yeah. Like yep. Jada Pinkett. But I think that um, it may be that deep. But also there's this idea that she has... Um, she's had two children. Right. She's, you know, she's in, I think she's probably 30 years old right now. Uh-huh. Um, there's this idea that 
like she's kind of washed in her mind. Yeah, in her mind, she feel like she washed. Like she she pushed out two babies. Right. You know, she probably a little bit heavier than she was when you know when they first got together. Um, You know, just the 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 things ain't functioning like they used to be. Stuff is a little bit more saggy and and whatnot. And I think that you know she's she's probably just looking at herself in the mirror every day, like and some elements in there, Keith. No, she had a baby. Like, this, said, things are more saggy. That's just how life things works. Things are getting saggy. Yeah. So, things are getting baggy. Yeah. No, that- <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I think that, I think that you know, she's just looking at herself in the mirror every single day. Right. And she's like, you know, I, I'm not what I used to be. And then maybe she... Maybe she was getting some sort of attention. Right. You know, maybe just it doesn't even have to be like people hollering at her, like whistling at her. Maybe mm-hmm. just people looking at her when she walks mm-hmm. by. You know, she she probably puts on the same outfit that she did five years right. ago. And once it would be like, you know, maybe a dude would give a head turn. But now it's like, you know, people just kind of walk by. Look here. You know what I noticed, too, about a lot of married women, even women that are extremely attractive, but they happen to be married, is women that are married, their ego gets boosted by each man they reject. Trust me, I bounced at clubs, and I've accidentally came up to a married woman, didn't know she was married, and said, hey, can I buy you a drink? And she's like, uh, no, I'm married. Kind of wanted, you know, kind of wag her finger in my face and show me her ring. Mm -hmm. But behind her ring, I didn't see a ring because her big old titties was blocking her finger. That that was uh, pre-podcast, Eddie. What? Yeah, it's pre-podcast. <laughs> now now, now it'd be a different story. Yeah, now they just hide the ring in the titties now. <laughs> I don't see the ring to the bras off. <laughs> oh, man. No, man. But it, it's like the the women that you see that look the most available a lot of times are married. And they, they, will, they will reject men and it makes them feel good. They'll go home and, and go back home to their husband. But they at the bar. With they breast all exposed and these skimpy clothes on. And then mm-hmm. this one girl inboxed me. I won't say no names. But she said, uh, what's wrong? So you mean to tell me I got to ugly myself up because I get married? That's on him and this and that. And I'm thinking like, no, nobody said to ugly yourself up. And you're adding things to the the, the conversation. That yeah. they're, they're, the elements you're adding are not there. It's not about ugling yourself up. It's not about dressing down. It's the fact that everything you do has a motive behind it. You put on those tight fucking pants not to dress sexy. It's because men have created the standard of sexy for women. And women don't realize it. When mm-hmm. you showing your tits and your ass off, it's for us. Mm-hmm. It's not for you. You think it's for you, but it's not. Because as a man, we could look. I could look at a woman with fully clothed and tell her she has a nice body, yeah. right? I could look at her. She'll have a shirt on, some pants. I'm like, oh, she seems cool. She has a nice body. Yeah. You don't need to be naked to do it, but you do it for attention. Stop lying to yourself. Yeah. Too many women treat their beauty like currency, and you know who the bank is? Us. Men, we are the bank. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the sad part about it is... I didn't understand that at all, look, actually. women treat their beauty like... Current. Where does money come from? The bank. Yeah. That's why I'm making the comparison. Yeah, I still don't get it, but you can... You don't get it? No, I don't. Okay, women, women treat their body like... Or their beauty like money, and mm-hmm. we're the bank. Mm-hmm. You got to get money from the bank. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Man. Before Keith totally... Cluster, cluster, fuck this podcast. <laughs> I was trying to make a good analogy here. Women treat their body like pancakes and with a syrup. That better, Keith. God damn it. Oh man, whatever. <laughs> no, nah, man. But look, look. At the end of the day, 
I think that there is a it's it's part of like there are things in male culture that there that we do for women and there are things that women do for men mm-hmm. and they would be they'd be lying if they didn't admit that a lot of the things they do are not for attention because they are yeah and we all know that even when if you go ahead to go along with your point mm-hmm. um the a woman at home and a woman out in the world is totally different right she can go out she'll be fully dressed or whatever she'll mm-hmm. you know she'll look a certain way fully makeup mm-hmm. you know full mask whatever mm-hmm. the hair is on point and then as soon as they walk through the door they're kicking off their heels you know, they probably unloosen a bra. They probably mm-hmm. throw the bra on the couch. And mm-hmm. it's just like, that's like their normal state. They wipe off their makeup. Right. Um, because there's no men around. There's no, there's right. no, you know, people in the public that can, you know, judge you or tell right. you if you look good or tell you if you don't look good. Right. Whatever. Yeah. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I mean, look, ladies, I'm not. Here's the thing. You, you got to get past the excuses here. Like, it, they'll, it'll be like, uh. I don't do this for men. I do it for myself. I don't need no man to tell me that I'm beautiful. Okay. I get it. Now, try this. If a man, if let's imagine you got dressed up. You dressed up as, as sexy as you could every weekend and you went out and no man ever approached you and no man ever looked at you and no man ever told you you were pretty. Would you still feel that way? That's just like uh, being a young boy that's funny looking and the only person that tells you you're handsome is your mother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same fucking shit. Yeah. And we we all have we all um I'm not saying we all need a certain amount of validation, but validation does work for men and women, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. But more so it's a product of what women do than men. But men still look for attention. A lot of the cars and things that men do is for women. Yeah. It's not because I wanna get this or I wanna, you know, uh uh you know, act macho and tough because other guys are around they want to look a certain way they want to be perceived a certain way by women and as long as we could be transparent and admit that then i think we're getting somewhere but to say that you don't need attention that's bullshit yeah i would say though that the only thing which is the huge the biggest problem with this whole statement is Mm -hmm. that um aisha curry is married Right. Outside of that, it's just a normal thing, you know. Right. What I mean? So that that's our that's our only like argument or you know, um, you know, op- opposition to what she's saying because right. it, it's just normal. Everyone loves to be um, admired. Yeah, admired. You know, we we all love like likes on our pictures and we right. like people you know giving us compliments on whatever. But you know, you know, Keith, that was a perfect example. You said likes. Mm-hmm. We just want people to like us. Yeah. And now they can like us on social media. And it's it's instant gratification, mm-hmm. right? And I think that when you're checking out a woman's ass and she walks by, that was a like before the internet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. a chick walks by, she busts you looking at her ass, and she's like, oh, oh, that's one. Mm-hmm. And she got in her car, another guy, oh, that's two. I still got it. Yeah. A lot of women just want to know they still got it. And a married woman who is not actively cheating on her husband or doing some shit... Even if she's not fucking, she wants to have some type of connection between herself that's married and her younger self that was getting a bunch of attention. That's yeah. what I think. I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. I think that women when they're twenty three and they got half of the world hidden on them, and then when they finally commit to a man, and then that type that world gets cut off, and now they're married, they have kids, and they have this structure. They still want the. They don't want to go outside of that structure, but the closest way for them to do that 
is when Billy Bob's looking at their ass at Walmart. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that makes them feel good. Now, I said something and some girls are like, "That's you're wrong. I said, look, I think catcalling is immature. I think it's disrespectful, right? But when a woman goes out to a club and a man is catcalling her and they feel weird and they hate it, they hate that shit, right? And it's disrespectful. But when they get home, they thinking like, damn, they was whistling at me. And this I happened, still, this happened multiple it. times and not. I still got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen married women get in the club for free, go to the bar and get free drinks. And they didn't leave with nobody. Yeah. They got hit on all night. I'm married. Nope. Sorry. I'm married. Yeah. That's that. I don't know, man. That's. It's it's definitely something to think about. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something to think about, man. Yeah. If if you're if you're a person who is married, you got to know it's, it's you can only put yourself in so many places. Yeah. It's, it's That's lot. real. Well, shout out to Steph Curry. He just uh you know just sealed the deal on the Rockets. Oh uh, yeah, it's going to the Western Finals. Yeah. Another thing too, man, it kind of proves I don't know Steph Curry's every move, but it could this proves that you could be a man that's doing as much as you can for your woman and it still won't be enough. That sucks. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks, man. If you fellas, you think you got it all, you think you got your girl all figured out. You think you got it all set up. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you know, oh, my wife's beautiful. I tell her that every day, but then she walks out and she she sees, you know, a couple young Handsome dudes that don't say nothing to her. She's like, "Oh my God, nobody's nobody likes me." Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will say though that it there to, part of that statement was what, that they were saying that um, it's because she is married. I I do think that is correct though. What that people aren't really looking her way or they're not you know hitting on her or yeah. whatever, whatever attention she's seeking is because she's married. Because there's right. there's um at least for I would say the the normal male aren't like actively seeking like married women or something right you know some of them you know you may catch a married woman that's vulnerable or you know going through it with her with their husband and you may send them a message or something but generally um if you see a person that is in a in a happy relationship you're right. gonna you're gonna look elsewhere you know what not only that that's a great point that you brought up not only that but aisha curry is not the type of woman that posts uh, uh, racy photos because yeah. there are a lot of married women who are attractive who post pictures of themselves in bikinis and you know their titties is out and shit mm-hmm. even though they married mm-hmm. like even Gabriel Union posts a racy racy photo right yeah. and they get this attention like like oh my who god put, somebody commented on it was it not Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler he yeah. was like well damn and then then D Wade mm-hmm. hopped on him. We're like, but what do you expect? What do you expect? Your, <laughs> your wife's chocolate nipples is showing. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It was some nice Hershey Kiss nipples, man. <laughs> <laughs> she got some Hershey Kiss nipples. <laughs> no, nah, man, but uh, she don't post content like that. So she's also not drawing in that sexual attention, which, yeah. which, which triggers the primal urges of a man. When a man, it's almost like an animal, like a, like a lion seeing meat. You know, and I hate to use that, you know, not to use women as a piece of meat, but mm-hmm. like a man's primal urges are triggered when they money see. Money and meat, huh? Money and meat. Yep, money and meat. Boy, women down to money and meat. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to make a fucking point here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. And, and, and it triggers men's primal urges. And if you're not triggering the sexual uh, urges of a man and you're a woman and you're just 
you're you're you have cooking shows and you're with your husband and you're with your family. Yeah, we're not attracted to that. We're not attracted least, to that. Yeah, like a, a a young single man, we're not. No, I don't think most of them are looking for that kind of stability. We no. want like some something else. Personally, I'm attracted to a woman who's pretty conservative. I'm not saying like she's like, you know, covered from head to toe. I'm just saying like, are you like a Tommy Lahren type chick? What? I'll fuck the I'll fuck the Donald Trump out of her. As conservative as you can get. I'm but. glad. <laughs> no, nah, man, but um more or less a woman that is I like women that like read books and fucking, you know, yeah. watch Marvel movies and, you know, uh have a goal or they're like registered nurses mm-hmm. or uh, doctors or police officers, like women in a career, women that have, are busy a, doing things in the world. An anti-thought. An anti-thought, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did we just invent... <laughs> anti-thought. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, man, like, it's, like my thing is, especially at this age, dude, you don't want to deal with these loose women, man. These, yeah. These, it, I think a lot of women are starting to act like Instagram thoughts that, because they get more attention that way. And mm-hmm. that's not what Aisha Curry is doing. There are chicks right here in Bakersfield that are doing thought shit because they get the most attention on there for doing that because it brings out those sexual primal urges in a man. Yeah. Now, Aisha Curry's not doing that. Mm-hmm. So she she's actually doing things the right way. Only thing where she fucked up is she should have talked to her husband. Yeah. But she knew she couldn't talk to him. Cause you, can you imagine a man having this conversation? I was curious. I just thought of this while we were talking. Uh, like how that first interaction was after that oh, aired. Oh, shit. I don't think it was like any sort of animosity, nah, but it was just, just weird. Probably weird. Steph probably was just like, why Why couldn't you talk to me? Yeah. I think that's probably the only thing he probably would have felt. Yeah. You know? And I think after that, after they had a the conversation, Steph went out and got some bomb head. From the chick that's been in this DM. Ah, <laughs> from Ross Gold, I would Hey, if I was Steph Curry, I'd be getting some head, man. <laughs> like, you know what? You want other niggas to look at you now? Right, <laughs> shit. I've been dying to get some head. Dang. And I just won. I got 33 points in the second half of this. <laughs> first half, he was fucked. He didn't score shit in the first half. Yeah, that, that Aisha pressure was on him. Yeah, I was like, can somebody please send his wife? That's some- what happened. He got some head at halftime in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like his 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 like his game was terrible in the first half. I was like, can, can somebody please send this man's wife some dick pics? Or something? <laughs> Fuck, give her some attention. And it's, it's Mother's Day today too. Shout out to all the mothers out there. Oh yeah, shout out. Happy yeah, Mother's Day to all y'all. If I seen if I seen Aisha Curry, they're like, hey, Happy Mother's Day, Aisha Curry. You got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, man. Switching gears. Um, it's two years long enough to know if you want to marry someone. My personal opinion on this matter is yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see a lot of people that are in relationships for five, seven, nine years before they get married. Mm-hmm. And this is just my opinion. It's, I'm not saying anyone else should feel this way. But life is short. I think that two years is a really good time. If we've been down for two years and we... If we've been together for two years and we've had way more ups than downs, I've sacrificed things for you. You sacrificed things for me. You got my back. You got my best interests in mind, especially at my age at 34. It's going to be hard for me to find that somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So the day that that two-year mark hit, I'm putting a ring on it. That's just my opinion. That's real. 
I think it depends on your age. Right. Because, you know, a two-year relationship at 18 is that's Ooh, not, you know, that you no. haven't really lived life yet. So, fuck you no. know, by the time you hit 20, like, you still need to figure some stuff out. You haven't even, you, you can't even get into the club yet. Right. So, you know, that, just that idea that, idea that you can, you know, yeah. go into the store, buy alcohol, you can get in the clubs. Like, that's going to change the dynamic oh, yeah. of your relationship. It's going to be so much pussy running it, around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh so i think that you know you know two years at you know 35 is is solid that's you know that's good enough to you know you you've been through a lot with your partner you you've been through a lot of life already so you know you're just bringing two lives together and you know you you should be good my my opinion i think that from the age of 24 to 27 i just think that you should just be living your life i know this sounds really fucked up but my advice is to young people is just don't settle down early man Mm-hmm. Don't man. At least from the age of twenty four to from the age of eighteen to like around twenty seven, you should just be chilling, man. Mm-hmm. Chilling, man. Just you know, do your thing, man, and get as much pussy juice as you can. <laughs> juice. <laughs> <laughs> just just because like like once you find a woman that mm-hmm. is that changes the way you look at women. Yeah, and you are mature enough, and you've had enough experiences before her to see, like, yo, this woman is different. Yeah. I, I can't play around with her. I can't lose her. I can't risk losing this woman. This is it for me. This is over. I'm yeah. not no more of this club stuff. No more chasing pussy. No more chasing. No, no more texting women on the low. None of that. Yeah, that shit got to stop. Yeah, and you got. Yeah, you got to. Uh... Yeah, you definitely got to live life before you can find your um your anti thought. You know, right? I mean? If you you know you're not gonna find you you may find them early, but I think that even if you do find a good girl early, you may not be ready. Yeah, you may not right. be mature enough to you know mm-hmm. settle down with somebody. Because you know a lot of us guys, we kind of want to spread our seed a little bit, right? Especially if you're in college, like you know that's part of the college experience. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, there are more, and 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 my thing is, is I don't really get into you know women's sexual history. I don't ask them, but I guarantee you, especially if they're in college, they're getting their fuck on. It may not, they might not be fucking everybody, but they're getting their fuck on. Pretty much, yeah. most people, I say, women and men, out of you know ten people, six of them getting their fuck on. Yeah, I know a couple of them too. Yo, they getting, they definitely getting their fuck on, man. Shout out to. Uh... <laughs> yeah man so i think that once you've had that acquired experience and you uh uh decided look this woman is this woman is the real deal yeah i say put a ring on her finger but keith made an amazing point stating it depends on how old you are because it you know i'm not saying the age the age defines maturity but it does define experience and the more experience you get, I'm not saying you need to sell your, sell yourself short and not find a good woman, you know, because you want to run around, but I don't think you should get with that woman before you're ready because you're just going to inconvenience her. You're going to end up being more, you're going to be more likely to fall into temptation. You're mm-hmm. going to be more likely to do sneaky stuff behind her back. You're going to be yeah. more likely to get in a, a hot situation. That's that, that's not respectful to your wife. Mm-hmm. So I think until you can fully understand how to respect your wife, you should not get married. Yeah, period. True. That's a huge commitment. I think that most most other decisions we make in life, you you kind of ponder mm-hmm. on it for a while. Right. You know what I mean? So 
even, you know, making, I feel like making a decision to go to college is something you think about for like 18 years. Yeah. So, you know, for, for you to just jump into something so quickly, so young, it, it doesn't really make sense. I've seen people that got married at 18 and it's like, oh, I love my wife, man. I'm like, bro. And it, it what sucks is a lot of people that get married at 18, especially in this generation with social media, by the time they 26, 27, they get a divorce. And mm-hmm. now you 27 years old with no life experience. I know some women that's around my age that got a divorce and they going through their whole phase in their 30s. Yeah. That shit crazy. Yeah. yeah I it, don't think it's an era thing, though. Cause what? Those people that are 30 now didn't really grow up. Exactly. That's what I'm media. saying. Yeah. They didn't really have no experience. All that time they spent married and curious. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing you could do is be married and curious. You, do you want to be like Aisha Curry? Okay. If you <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't, I strongly suggest that you do and do you and have fun <clears throat> and live life before you get like now. I could say personally, if I was to find a woman now that was like for real, for real. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's that's it, bro. Yeah. Now you know. I would talk about pussy less on the podcast. It'd be more about you know like important stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, uh, man. <laughs> married Eddie gonna be lot. It's gonna be different. I'm a hey. When I get married, I'm gonna turn into fucking Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Keith, I read a new passage from the Bible today. <laughs> it says, "I think Keith will stop doing the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would just tell me real terrible content. He'd be like, "Man, I'm just gonna discommit to just directing films, <laughs> just directing films full time now." Yeah, That's yeah. Funny. What's your take, man? Um, the whole two year thing. Yeah. Overall, it's like I said before. It's it's a it's a good amount of time to know somebody. Right. Like two years is it's a lot of time. So I feel like, you know, like I said, depending on, you know, your age range, it's it's more than enough time. Definitely. You know, the younger you are, the the less that is, you know the less that makes sense. The younger you are, I don't even think I don't even think there's a time frame you can put on it. I think that you just have to wait till you're old enough and you've experienced enough life to right. start counting. You know, don't start counting when you're 18. You right. Wait till you're you that, know, 28, that whole, 29. That whole high school sweetheart shit only works so many times. I only know a few people yeah. that are still together from high school. But see, but here's what I don't know. I don't know what happened in between. Because yeah. just to assume that people have been <clears throat> together the whole time, that ain't true. Because sometimes people go to different colleges. Like if you was your girl in high school and y'all go to different colleges and y'all still together, but it's long distance. Oh, yeah. Your girl's fucking somebody, bro. So the guy is too. The guy is too. Y'all both fucking. Mm-hmm. Y'all just like you know having our little college experiences. Because mm-hmm. I mean, people are young, man. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, you tend to make decisions that won't, that don't really, aren't really, uh, that don't contribute to a union or marriage. Yeah, you know that early because you're just still growing. Mm-hmm. Like if if I was if can I? I mean, I cannot imagine if I was to get married at 21 or 20. Jeez, that'd be disgusting. I used to have a lot of girls at my apartment that were in relationships. Who? So I used to have a lot of girls that were at my apartment in relationships. Or really? At my dorm that were in relationships. Oh, you in your dorm? Yeah. Damn. Was they, do you think they was trying to get smashed or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, like, I'm with my boyfriend. So, you know, this is how you know when a girl wants to get fucked. When they'll have a boyfriend and they'll say something like, like, my boyfriend is such an idiot. Like, I swear, like, you know, like, I'm pretty much done. We're like, we're not really together right now. Anyways, <laughs> when they say something like that, then I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now nah, I don't feel so bad about trying to get you. <laughs> you told me you had a boyfriend, then I'm kind of like, nah, I'm kind of off you. Yeah. But if you say, like, we're like, when they say shit like, we're not really together, but we're together, you know? And I'm like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you make up some lame excuse to invite him over. Like, you should stop by. I'm bored and I got this homework. He used to give me something to somebody to talk to. Yeah. And like, oh, I'll come by. It's cool. We can talk. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how you always <laughs> get them over there. Yeah, we're just going to hang out, just talk. Have know. a little conversation. Next thing you know. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what, was the, what was the accent was that? <laughs> I don't know. You said, I. <laughs> this guy. He's like, maybe Latino or something. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Oh, that's God. Funny. Yeah, college is an experience, man. Yeah. And Keith was over in New Mexico State, man. Yeah. So, you know, it was cracking over there. Feel me? Keith was making full movies over there. Mm-hmm. POV. <laughs> 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 All right, switching gears, man. All right. Alternate realities in the same country. All right. Um, if you think that black, Mexican, white, Asian people all have the same view of America, you are incredibly wrong. Um, we all, it's like the way we live our lives is a lot more different than people think. Mm-hmm. Things that are normal to one person are completely like, like, what is that to someone else? Yeah. All right. Now I'll start, let Keith start off with this. Cause he gave me a scenario, um, cup the other day and I was listening to it and I've, I've went through this myself, but it just gives you something to think about. So I was at a barbecue for CSUB and essentially the barbecue is a fundraiser for all the sports on campus. And uh, I recently started working with a car dealership out here and the guy wants me to do like social media content for him and, you know, take pictures and, you know, do videos and stuff that they can throw on their website to, you know, help grow the company. So um, he invited me out to the, the barbecue thing. And I had never been to been to the barbecue before. It's an annual thing. I think they've been doing it for like nine years now. I had never been to it before, but when I got there, I was like, um, it was a lot of white people. <laughs> it, you know, a lot of you know, it's it's it's, it's like you know, kind of like a party thing. But you, the the people that you see there, you can tell like they're people that you know are actively doing stuff. You know what I mean? They're people that are probably you know, lawyers and, you know, have certain ties, alumni of CSUB that, you know, they have, you know, solid jobs in the community, stuff like that. Um, Because the tickets were pretty, they're not super expensive. I think they started off at like $30 Mm -hmm. and then they go up from there, which is like essentially you're paying $30 to get a plate of barbecue. So that's like steep for most people. But I get there and, you know, where he's kind of like showing me around and I can tell that um, I, in, in those kind of situations, I think us as black people always try to look for the racism. <laughs> like, oh, man, this dude racist. He didn't look me in my eye when he gave my food. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I wasn't looking for it. But, you know, just living life as a black 
you know, male, we always kind of have a sixth sense for the racism. You right. Know? You know, we can kind of <laughs> sense it a little bit. But um, there was just none there. There was nothing to find. Like, the guy, he was showing me, he wasn't showing me around, but he, like, he invited me out. Like, he gave me a, a ticket to get food. He, he, he let me sit at the table with all the like the the car salesmen and the stores uh, like the store managers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And you know, I, like I said, I'm the only black person there. I, I almost looked like I wasn't supposed to be there. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there, like, what the heck am I doing here? Like they have their wives with them and all kind of stuff like this. <laughs> and the, and and what I was telling Eddie was, as much as you know, we like to point. Um, the finger at white people for, you know, them not doing enough or, you know, they're do- whatever, whatever the, you know, the cliches are that we point towards white people. Um, I was just saying that most of them don't care about any of that stuff. And it's not that, right. you know, it's not that they have like any sort of disdain towards black people. I feel like most of them just live their own life in their own bubbles. Like right. th- these people... You know, like I said before, they they're they're not racist, or at least they haven't showed any sort of racism towards me. Mm-hmm. But if you just looked at their circle that was around the table, it was just a bunch of white people. You know what I mean? And they're just like, you know, if they come across a black person, then cool. But like, you know, they're not actively seeking, you know, to build the community outside of the people that they know already. Right. So th- that's the idea. Is like, you know, they're just living like they're in like we're on like parallel tracks and you know, if we meet, you know, if something like literally the only way I would meet these people is because I do video stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Other than that, like they're living their life, they're, you know, selling cars and going on vacations or whatever. And I'm doing a podcast and I'm, you know, talking about sex on a podcast. (laughs) 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 But yeah, that's, that's, that's the idea. Yeah, man. I've seen it. I've seen it a lot, man. Uh, especially coming up playing football and you go to your teammates house and, you know, coming up, I didn't, I came from very humble beginnings, you know? So it's just me, me and my dad, you know, mm-hmm. my dad's a single father raising me and, you know, he didn't always have the most and, uh, but you know, he did the best with what he had yeah. and you go from our, you know, our apartment we were in back in the day. And then my, one of my buddies from my team, like, hey, man, come to my house. We're having a party over there. Mm-hmm. I go to his house. He got a fucking eight, nine bedroom house with a fucking Olympic swimming pool in mm-hmm. his backyard. And yeah. They got all kind of trucks and cars and show cars in their house. And yeah, all the know, kids got cars. They got all the kids got cars. They got maids, all kinds of shit. And it's just like, this is the world you live in. That's you know, crazy. and then it something happens, you know, and, and you know, they'll be like, ah, oh, bro. Like, you go out to eat or something, and you like, damn, I'm broke. And they'll yeah. be like, ah, oh, don't worry, man. I got you, dude. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, they, these, it's just like, and it, the thing about it is, this is not an attempt to say that, oh, well, all white people got it good. That's false. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like, you see a certain world that people live in, mm-hmm. and it's normal to them. Yeah, and I've seen the different same things with like Latinos. You go over one of your homies' friend, one of your one of your homies' houses with their family, and you'll see the way like Latinos do stuff, where it's like the same like bubble, where you'll see like that they're not doing something actively to keep like black or white people out, but it's just like who they immediately deal with, mm-hmm. and it's certain things that they do that are completely different than what me and Keith do or yeah. what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. We like what? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just weird. We just have alternate like 
alternate realities in the same country. I think it's better for like Keith mentioned, um, like looking for the racism or opposition or whatever mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we should do is when we get in these situations is just nothing. Just observe yeah, and just be neutral. Yeah, just be neutral to the situation. Mm-hmm. And then you'll 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 be able to see or think more clearly about it. Yeah. That's real. Something yeah, those are those are good examples. You know, those, those it's interesting cuz when you're young, you you know, you're a kid in elementary school or you're a kid in junior high, you think that everyone's living the same sort of life as you. Right. You know? Especially, you know, the the schools that we go to there there's in elementary it happens in junior high it happens more so because you know the there's so many more elementaries and junior highs and high schools so which means that like only the surrounding neighborhoods go to go to a certain school which means most of them are poor you know like yeah. the school that I work at is I don't know like comp- in comparison to other neighborhoods but it's in a poverty stricken neighborhood for exactly. sure um but um it's just a trip, you know, when you get to high school and, you know, you're playing sports and, you know, there's like this sort of like cultural melting pot exactly. of different races and ethnicities and, you know, different uh, different housing incomes and exactly. you know, net worths and stuff like that. And you realize like, oh, this is different. Like I'm walking to school and this kid is driving <laughs> a new car. <laughs> Let's be clear, man. I'm, I'm a truck driver. Um I make a pretty good living for myself, but I don't, my thing is, is I'm a pretty humble dude. I just drive a regular car, you know, but <laughs> I live near a high school and I see these kids driving with fucking 2019s. Mm-hmm. Like you're driving a better car than me. and You don't even have a fucking job. Like, yeah. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. You imagine what these, the parents are loaded, man. They got money, mm-hmm. serious money, man. Yeah. These the crazy kids- thing is that some of those kids work still. Some of them still work a little but, bullshit yeah. Starbucks jobs. Yeah, and yeah, and they're only working, you know, just for a little side cash money. But yeah. but that that's the which interesting to me. I think that um I see a lot more of them working than I do in like people people from comparable ages mm-hmm. in our community. Right. Like I, so I don't I don't know if there's something to that or you know, there's something there, but that's just an interesting thing I thought about because like not all of them, but a, a few of the you know the white guys that were driving the fancy cars and stuff, they had little side jobs at Starbucks on the weekend, and you know they probably worked four or five hours here and there at the wars or whatever. But yeah, you know, it was yeah. It's probably just I don't know, just sowing the seeds of work early in mm-hmm. kids. But I also knew some kids that didn't work until they was. I knew some dude that didn't have a job. Obviously, all through high school, but then all through college. And after he got out of college, he said, "Man, I just fucking drop out, dude. I'm tired of this shit." <laughs> motherfucker dropped out, still didn't have a job. Yeah, motherfucker had a brand new tricked out truck. I'm just like, how does how's who's paying for this? Who's yeah. funding this? But his parents had money, man. Mm-hmm. That's like, man, there's no way I could have a even if I make a good living for myself, I cannot have a kid that just fucking didn't do shit. Yeah, that's that's one way to a lot of. Um, successful people think that way. Like like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, these guys, they don't have a bunch of money that they're going to leave their kids when they die. Hmm. They have, like, trust funds and stuff set up, but that's, like, you know, good enough to, like, stay afloat type of thing. Hmm. But they're not leaving, like, okay, I'm Warren Buffett, I have $80, million, $80 billion or whatever, I'm going to leave, like, $3 billion to each 
child. Like, mm. it's not, that's not the case. So it's just one of those things where they just expect, they say that's, it's almost a disservice to your children to leave them, you know, with that money. But they're also white. So, you know, I'm sure, you know, Jay-Z thinks about it differently than, you know, Warren Buffett or Jay-Z Bill Gates. Thing. So what you think they're basically, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what you mean there. Cause they have their like they generational wealth is ingrained in their community. Got right? it, got it, got yeah. it, got so it. So I'm sure he's leaving like blue with a bunch of money. Got it. Yeah, yeah and overall, black people lack generational wealth, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah, that's that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people wonder like, what is generational wealth? What is that? It's basically a situation where you know, grandpa has a. Let's say great 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 grandfather has a mechanic shop. He passes away. His son gets it. That mechanic shop um, turns into a second business. Now they're running two businesses. He passes away. Then his son gets it. Mm-hmm. So they have basically this this type of wealth that's staying in the family. So even when you know a couple generations pass, they have something to pass down. And black people uh, historically do not really have that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why Keith made that point. All we pass down is uh, chicken recipes. <laughs> you stupid! Oh my god, chicken recipes, Keith! God damn it! Oh my god! All right, uh, switching gears. Um, rebranding masculinity. Mm-hmm. I find it all too often that when people talk about masculinity or you think about masculinity, it's always like some old spice commercial, (laughs) you know, a dude being hyper masculine and in the gym, lifting weights, screaming and yelling, and you know, and uh, whistling and howling at women and, or, or saying some man is an alpha male because, you know, he's desired by women and he fucks a bunch of women and, Mm -hmm. you know, people have a bad, when they think of like an alpha male or masculinity, they tie it, they tie in toxic masculinity, and that's not what masculinity is. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I feel like we need to completely rebrand masculinity. Mm-hmm. And what it is is, it don't mean I'm a punk because I cry. It doesn't mean I am um, a head case because I have feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, it means I'm a human being, and if we could humanize you know, what being a man is. Cause for some reason men feel like, you know, they can't show emotion and they can't do this and they can't do that. And you got a man, we've been told our whole life to do these things. And I, I think that as a man, I think that, you know, me personally, I don't cry often and things of that matter, but I won't feel bad if I do. Mm-hmm. Especially now, if you're going through something and you're hurting and you cry after you cry, put shit into action. You know what I'm saying? And, and, but don't just sit there and cry and give up on yourself. Yeah. But masculinity is like not even admitting that you have feelings. Mm-hmm. And and th- this type of toxic masculinity has affected the way women view us. I seen a woman post on Facebook one day. I wish I was a guy. You know, I wish I was a man sometimes. Men don't even have feelings. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Women really think men don't have feelings. A yeah. lot of women really think we don't have any emotion or feelings. They feel like... We just these fucking guys with a cock tied on to us. A bunch of Kawhi Leonard's walking around. We're a bunch of just walking cocks. <laughs> no brain and no emotions, and that's false. Yeah. We get hurt. We have our feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, we have emotions. 
we, you know, we have, we, we don't want to have our feelings hurt. Okay. But women would never know that because men don't really communicate that. The only people that are able to really communicate their feelings out in the world are women. When a woman is upset, she's crying. You know, she's upset. When a man's upset, he fucking holds it in or he drinks a bunch of alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm. We need to rebrand what masculinity is because what we're doing, we're headed down a bad track. I've noticed that there are a lot, there are a lot more men that are paying attention to their mental health, and there are also men that are uh, going into therapy. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I think that therapy's cool, but at one time it's like I don't need no fucking, I don't need to see no shrink, I don't need to see no fucking therapist. Yeah, you know, me personally, I don't go to therapy, but I think it's good, and eventually one day I may go. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah, I think you, you hit it right on the head. There's um, generally when, like you said, when we think about ma- masculinity, there's even like levels to the hyper masculinity. Right. Like we as a society would probably deem like USC fighters as the most masculine people right. you know, walking the face of the earth. They've even like branded that to be the most hyper masculine thing to where they won't even allow us to watch boxing. Wow. Like, oh, these guys, they have, you know, they have eight-ounce gloves on. They have 10-ounce gloves on. These guys are not kicking each other. That's not real fighting. Right. That's not real combat. You know what I mean? So it's just like I think as a society, we have to get out of this comp- this competition of, like, what's the most masculine thing. You right. know what I mean? Like, even even when it comes to basketball, you know, you'll see, like, they talk about the Warriors. The Warriors are, you know, they're a real finesse team. They're not, you know, they don't drive the basketball to the hoop that often or, you know, they shoot a lot of threes and stuff like that. And they try to, I think they, I think that the media and social media, they try to push this narrative on people to, right. like, to, like, demasculate people or right. however you say it. Emasculate, yeah. Emasculate people. Um, when, like, we should stop doing that. You know, right. I think m- masculinity is, like, taking care of your kids and right. you know, being a father and exactly. you know showing vulner like you said showing vulnerability showing emotion right because like these are things that we're doing in private already but because the way that society looks at stuff like that um you know people are hiding it now you know what i mean i feel like if it just takes that i think it takes um like one person to make it cool right you know and and the sad thing is you gotta make it cool come on yeah man there was i can't remember who it was i seen a story on it i just i can't remember but the dude it was a dude that never hugged his son he never hugged and kissed his son or told his son he loved him Mm -hmm. because he felt that you know he was raising a young man and he's a young man i don't need to tell him that i love him Mm -hmm. i'm thinking like what the fuck is your problem yeah. That's my son. I'm gonna tell my son I love him. I'm gonna hug him. You know what my dad did with me? Before I went to school, he would hug me and give me a kiss on the head every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. And I'd be like, damn dad, stop fucking you know, I didn't say that, but mm-hmm. I was like, damn dad, don't kiss me in my face. Damn. Mm-hmm. Every day he dropped me off for school in the morning. And you know what? I'm glad he did. Because there's so many men that grow up without their dad even giving them a fucking hug. Yeah. That is just sad, man. Mm-hmm. That's sad. I think that as a man, when you display that emotion to your son, you let your son know, look, I love you, son. You know, now your son could, you know, replicate those behaviors out into the world. 
Mm-hmm. But a lot of a lot of this is what people don't talk about. A lot of men that don't grow up with fathers, they don't even know how to display that love out into the world, or even display that love out to women or to people. So it's yeah. like you just acting out because you don't even know what to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's important to do that. But in general, though, man, a lot of the things that we deem masculine or not i think that when you brag about fucking a bunch of chicks that's not masculine man that's not that's not there's nothing really masculine or mm-hmm. you know cool about that 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 doesn't make you an alpha male like yeah. th- when you think of what an alpha male is or what it's supposed to be it's basically a guy that you know um <sighs> it's kind of hard to explain mm-hmm. basically if a guy is is pretty handsome like dude and he's dominant imposing figure Do- thank you dominant mm-hmm. imposing figure this mm-hmm. dude's fucking and laying pipe on a lot of chicks <laughs> and they call that guy alpha male that does not make you an alpha male because you're this imposing figure yeah what i feel like an alpha male is someone who is a leader but not yeah. even by not even by trying to lead but by being a good husband by being a good father by being reliable by being honest by mm-hmm. being uh, truthful to people, mm-hmm. you know that to me is what an alpha male really is. Yeah, they try to use that analogy in sports a lot, where it's like really? two alpha males can't be on the same team. Oh, That's why Shaq and Kobe broke up because they're two alpha. It's impossible for. Th- I just like these are in a I, the a lot of these narratives are created by people that aren't athletes, and a, a lot of these narratives are created by people who are beta males. <laughs> fucking beta male yeah yeah dude i I think uh, like like you're saying if you if you want to break it down to like a true leader i don't think that matters to the majority obviously there's these egotistical people but like having an ego and being an alpha male i don't think they're synonymous no i think that it you just happen to have some people that are both but i don't think that's the normal way um and Kobe, Kobe talked about it a lot when, you know, not a lot during his career, but mm-hmm. afterwards, he was like, I don't care. Like, I would have finished my career with Shaq. I don't mind being like, right. I, he was secure enough in himself to know that, right. like, he putting up 31, I'm putting up 30. So it's like, and we win in championships. And, exactly. you know, we dominated the season. I mean, the, the game every every single year. Um, so I, that's what I, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just thought about sports a lot cause they do that in sports and you right. can, you hear guys like Skip Bayless, they'll be like, I don't, you know, these two can't play together and right. you know, the only reason these two can play together cause he's a beta and he's an alpha, like, you know, stuff like dumb that. shit. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a bunch of bullshit and there's a bunch of beta males that are really putting this into motion. Mm-hmm. These are men that don't see enough confidence within themselves. Mm-hmm. To, you know, see like, look, they're both men on the same team. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, you're just you're you're ranking these other men above the other men because you see them as alpha males. But yeah, they're, they're playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, how do you explain the Warriors? Right. If if by their standards, yeah. Draymond Green is an alpha male. Kevin right. Durant is some like an alpha male. Right. Steph Curry is an alpha male. Right. It's like Clay you Thompson. Know, how are they supposed to coexist if you know this right. is the theory that it's bullshit? Let me tell you something else too. This is the and it, it, it like I said the, the toxic masculinity it has affected women and how they view masculinity because there'll be a guy 
who is actually a solid dude, works a pretty good job, easygoing dude. He asks a chick on a date, and they'll say something like, he's too nice. Yeah. He's too nice. I don't really, I'm not really with that. He's too nice. Right? Yeah. And they don't find a man being nice masculine. Yeah. They think this guy's a fucking step, a fucking step and fetch it, a yeah. pushover. Yeah. But let a motherfucker that comes up in a fucking Harley Davidson with an unshaved beard and he's like, hey, damn, you're hot. Let's go hang out. They're mm-hmm. like, all right, let's, all right, that's cool. Yeah. Because they seen the dude on a Harley as this masculine figure. But the dude that asked him on a date nicely mm-hmm. is like a beta male to them. Yeah. A while back, there was this girl that I knew, and she was telling me about a, um, about, well, she was telling a group of people mm-hmm. about this guy she was going on a date with. Right. And um, she basically, she was saying, like, how the date was going. I don't know. I'm like, I like this guy, blah, blah, blah. She's like, and he also like asked me for a kiss, and she basically said that she said no, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, like cool story. Uh-huh. Fast forward, um, some months later, um, I forgot how it played. I forgot how it played out, but essentially, like, um, oh, it was like it was like a first date thing. Right, she was right, like, right, you right. know, I'm not kissing a guy on the first date. Right, right. Which uh, is, which I, I get it. You know, it's you know, it's normal behavior or whatever. Right, like that, right. You know. And um, essentially, like, I had went out with that same girl, and then I actually kissed her, and mm-hmm. it was, like, the first time we had hung out. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, guess it, I guess the idea is that, I, like, I just didn't ask her or something right. like that. That's a confidence so, thing, though. Yeah, so I guess it kinda, it's kind of similar to but what you were similar. saying. Yeah. Um, she was probably just confused more than anything. <laughs> she don't know what she wanted in life. But yeah. um but yeah, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, but I think that I think that when you're a man that um that knows what he wants and is not and doesn't have an issue with your confidence, mm-hmm. I think this is kind of a separate conversation because if uh I see the dates going cool and I'm self aware as a man and I'm like, you know what? You know, she's moving in on me, she's touching me a little bit, she's feeling me. Let me just kiss her. Fuck it. What's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And then I kiss her, and she's like, oh, and she starts kissing me back. You better ask for consent first. Yeah, you ain't got to ask for consent. You just go in for that kiss. <laughs> it's not like you're trying to grab some pussy. <laughs> going in for the kiss. Okay. You need kiss consent. That'd yeah. I'm not really into kissing chicks, like, when I first meet them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I don't just kiss random women. I yeah. find that a little bit weird. Yeah. Like, if you're out of the club somewhere, and you're like, hey, hell, little John, hey, come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I remember uh, you say you like you hate girls that be like kissing a lot. Yeah, it's not that I hate that they be kissing a lot. I just think that like it depends on our situation. If we're if we're like if it's more sexual than anything, mm-hmm. I mean it's not that I don't like kissing. It's just like kissing is very emotional to women. Yeah, and it's like if I'm kissing all over you and doing all of this, and then we're and then not like a, a relationship doesn't come of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's bad enough that you're fucking the chick. <laughs> if you're fucking kissing every, you're kissing all day. This yeah. is like, come on, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of girls be like terrible kissers. So it just, that just adds on to like, yeah. I just be like, oh my God. In my head, I'm like, I just want to leave already. Yeah, I just want to leave. And then they just start sucking. <laughs> oh, I'm good now. <laughs> Guess I'll be here for a while. <laughs> 
No, nah, man. Funny. It's something to think about, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, switching gears. Um, sprint versus marathon mindset. Um, what people don't realize is uh, I've heard, people have heard this a million times. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And they're like, whatever, man, whatever. I've heard this a million times. This guy's trying to sound trying to sound interesting or whatever. Yeah. In actuality, it is a marathon because I've noticed people always go for the sprint. And what I mean by that is, is let's, for example, use content creators. Whatever you create, whatever content you curate, whatever, whether it's uh, you're a comedian or if you're a YouTuber, or if you're a podcaster, whatever you are, or Instagram, it seems like they kind of go for the home run method. They see what works for someone else and they be like, you know what, let me try that. And they do it. And even if it hits, it's going to fade. So they may get this like it's, okay. What's the equivalent? Trying to go viral. Let's say you're trying to go viral. Yeah. That's the sprint marathon. That's the that's the sprint mindset. But the marathon is what me and Keith are doing. Mm-hmm. We've done almost we've done 59 episodes. So over time, we plan on continuing to build an audience that invests themselves in our content, and we know in the long run that we're buying people into what we're doing instead of trying to do something to go viral. Yeah. So that's just one that's just one uh example. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other ones in life in general. It goes from anything, dating or content or whatever. People go for this this quick like instant gratification instead of this long this this basically this journey. Like they will skip out on the journey for that instant gratification. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what, you know, you talked about relationships. I think that's essentially um, the analogy for a lot of this, uh, these uh, social, what are, what are they called? The, what? Like the tenders and stuff? Oh, yeah. The, 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 the dating apps. Yeah, the dating apps. So those dating apps, um, I think that's what those are. Those are sprints. Because <laughs> you're trying to fast track meeting, right. you know, your, your, the love of your life. Because, you know, before social media, it was like you met your significant other at school or in college or at True. work or, I don't know, she maybe dropped her books in the hallway, whatever, you know what I mean? Yep. And uh, twerking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at a strip club or <laughs> those were Kanye West met Amber Rose. Right, she busted it open. <laughs> <She, laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now you beat your significant other with the premium snapchats <laughs> her snapchat name be like busted open becky 69 that was funny uh, deep throat debbie 55 <laughs> yeah go ahead man i'm sorry dude i don't know the statistics on how successful um those relationships are but i imagine the number is pretty low because just right. the, this the nature of how these dating apps work they start off probably at an innocent place and then it gets flooded with a bunch of people that just want to have sex with each other of course um so yeah that's you know that's the thing but so i don't know how successful those things are but you know i i do think that most of the most successful relationships in life um happen with people that met somehow in person Right. Yeah. Oh shoot! I lost my headphones. Hold on. 
Let's give let's give Keith a minute to yeah, fix Yeah, give his, me a minute. His headphones in. If we have video, this would be like, what the heck is wrong? Yeah, with this Keith, guy? Keith, fuck this okay. shit up. I don't know what's hold happening. On, hold on, I'm coming. He's got this situation going. Come on, Keith. All right, Come we're, on, we're back. You got the people waiting, man. Got the people waiting over here. I lost my train of thought. Talk your shit, Keith. But yeah, so that that's like a relationship side. But you know, like you said, it it it, it happens in or it, this idea can be used in in any field. I feel like you know, especially with the podcast, we do this you know every single week, right. and it's difficult to do something that consistent over the course of you know more than a year now. Yeah, um, and we you know we ideally in you know in at least for me. I'm like, dang, sometimes I just want to fast track it. Like, man, right? I just wish, like, we had, you know, the Spotify deal where, you know, right. we, we have crazy Joe Budden podcast numbers or we have a Joe right. Rogan type following. But, you know, there's something to the journey. Yeah. Like, something to, you know, just, just chugging away every single week, every single week, right. trying to, you know, put out quality content. It, it you know, it, it, it's more beneficial in the end. It's like, <clears throat> it's like, you know, with LeBron, like LeBron was so emotional when he got his first championship because it was a marathon for him. He like his the way that his career was going, it was supposed to be like, you know, you're you're the chosen one. You're supposed to come in and at 22, 23 years old, you win a championship and then you win like, you know, you just ride off into the sunset and you win back to back to back championships. And at the end of your career, you got like um, rings on every single one of your digits. But that's not how it worked. You know, he had to go. He teamed up with Dwayne Wade and uh, Chris Bosh. And, you know, when they finally got to that, you know, that mountaintop, like he was crying and super emotional. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's because it's a marathon. It wasn't a sprint. If he won, if he had won in his first, you know, couple of years in Cleveland, it may not even have felt the same. He, you know, he wouldn't even wouldn't even have been able to show that much emotion. So I don't know. But, yeah, I think that, you know, us as people, we – we like you know i think most people feel like me like most people content creators or Definitely. people that are doing whatever feel like me like oh man i want to get my house this year or right i was i was talking to eddie earlier <clears throat> i was talking to uh, braxton huggins braxton is a basketball player out uh from bakersfield he played he played at fresno state and um i was telling i was basically pitching him my movie idea and um I was also talking to Larry, Larry Jackson. Shout out to Larry Jackson. He's a uh, he's my boy. He's, he's going to be the producer on the mover, on the movie, and he's also a um, filmmaker his, himself. And uh, I was telling, I was telling, so I was pitching the movie to Braxton, and I was like, you know, in my in my mind, I wanted to shoot the movie, you know, this this summer. You know, I wanted to shoot it in July or you know maybe in June. Um, right after the summer league with basketball and stuff. And there would be a short window in there where we could shoot the movie and make everything happen. But I was like, what's wrong with doing it next year? Right. It's just, you know, you know, 365 more days. Right. Obviously it's a long time, but not really, you know what I mean? It's enough time to plan everything out and I'll be that much better at everything and it will, it will work out 
Right. It always works out for the better. You know right. I mean? And it's not like people say, well, you know, you know, time is of the essence. You know, you got to do things now. I would agree with that and not agree with that. There's a time and a place. I think that when you're creating something like a movie, I think that when you do what Keith does or what we do with this podcast, you don't want to fast track those things. Yeah. There's certain things you don't want to do that with. Mm-hmm. And uh, you talked about like Tinder and those apps earlier. It's fast tracking a relationship and it, you're not going to get away with that. It's very rare you might meet a woman, you take her out on a date, and you're like, wow, this chick is really cool. But yeah. for the most part, I say, and this is going to sound terrible, but I say uh, out of the 100% of the women that I've met on apps, like it either ended one or two ways. Either we never talked again or like choose the date or we fucked. It never, <laughs> a, a relationship never came out of it. Yeah. So my point from saying that is that there are certain things you cannot fast track. You also mentioned that your chances of having a like a fruitful, like real relationship, they may increase when you actually meet someone out in the world. Mm-hmm. You meet someone out in the world in public somewhere. It's more genuine. It's more it's, it's like the original, like the origin of that whole relationship started from you seeing her face to face, whether you met her in Walgreens or whether you met her at a fuel pump at Shell or wherever you met her at. But when you your first interaction is on an app, it really takes away from that. It's, it's like a like an artificial insemination. Right. Type thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. But. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man, you got eggs on the ice? Just, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's oh, that was deep, man. Mm-hmm. But what about those eHarmony things, though? You think those things are? I don't know about that either. I yeah. think the people are fucking on all these apps. <laughs> all of them, man. The 50 and 60 year old getting it in. 50, 60 year old giving each other hepatitis. Hitting <laughs> it from the back. She got hemorrhoids. Oh, shit. Hitting it from the back. She take that diaper off and get busy. <laughs> Oh man, I went to this um I was helping this guy out and it's really depressing like some of these homes that these people live in. I don't I don't even know I thought, you know, obviously we're talking about old people, but like this is a little bit of a tangent. But <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like if they played our podcast over the intercom, like that place would be much livelier cuz I walked in there and it it just looks so depressing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so depressing and it smelled terrible. What, is this? what does it smell like? Like certain sections smell like doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on like literally like you could walk down one hot one aisle, it'll smell like just piss. The other one smell like doo doo. It was this is just disgusting. <laughs> I think sometimes old people just have their own smell. They just kind of smell like old people, like old skin or something. It's because they so close to death that it's just like you go down the wrong aisle and you smell like chicharrones. <laughs> like I was just looking at the, I was like thinking about the nurses. Like how can these nurses be in here, just working under these conditions? It just stank. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think uh, that they should have some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of reform to make the place livelier. Right. Like, if you're going to be in there already, like, I feel like 
they should be doing because it it, it it almost felt like a movie you know you see yeah. the, those old movies where you know maybe they're trying to break the grandpa out of the you know the old people's home or you know that <laughs> one last adventure or whatever the case may be <laughs> It looked just like that. Yeah. They were feeding him like Jello pudding, and oh, fuck. and and they were watching, you know, the old soap operas. And it was a room full of old, and they're working. It is like literally everything you see in a movie was going on in that place. But yeah, that's that's my little rant, I guess. Oh man, yeah, that's that's bad. <laughs> I don't know how you got on the topic of old people. <laughs> but I mean, you know, old elderly people, you got to think about it. They're old as fuck, but they had a past, man. They Yeah. They they literally used to be, you know, servicemen and women and mm-hmm. you know, strippers and they worked at brothels and they fucking <laughs> were alive during prohibition and mm-hmm. they were alive during uh segregation and mm-hmm. they lived so much life and now you see them at their end their you know, you know, at their end destination and it's just not a good look. Yeah, it's like we can't do anything else for these elderly people. We that's can't. what. Yeah, that's my that's my my thought basically. It's, all they give them is bingo, man. That's the most yeah. excitement they get. They get a TV. It, it's just and like a fucking crossword can, puzzle, man. Yeah, I think a lot of these places where we lock people up, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Whether it's you know hospitals or those you know old rehab rehabilitation rehabilitation centers for elderly yeah. people or prisons or something i think those all need some sort of like reform to right. where you know this like it's psychologically better for the people right it's like no one in there was smiling when i went to i had to go help someone out and when he seen me he was like you know smiling um but outside of that he probably doesn't he probably doesn't have that you know he doesn't have a good time in there he's not nah. you know. it's just like it's institutionalizing people yeah instead of you know, giving them some type of ske- like some type of healthy schedule. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if you have an elderly person that you know was a service member, and then now his his job is to like you know I don't know oversee new classes of service members in the military or something. Like yeah. he'd be old, but he'll be having a good time. Yeah, just something you know, something in their last days that they could you know actually yeah. enjoy. You know, old, old people get mad as fuck when you figure out crossword puzzles too fast. Really? They'd be mad as fuck. <laughs> old person will sit there with that crossword puzzle. I did it one time, a long time ago. I forgot it was an elderly person, but I was having a conversation. I was like, oh, place. Oh, mm-hmm. cat. Oh, mm-hmm. nap. Yeah, oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And he was like, hey, hey wait, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait you doing, like, Give me back my crossword puzzle, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's real, man. Nah, man. Like, yeah, that's a good idea, though, to have... Just have them actively doing stuff. I think uh, the way I think about it, too, is like the way that I work with the students at my school. So I go outside of the rules sometimes just because that stuff can get mundane. Mm. So I try to, you know, bring, you know, certain stuff in. Like I brought in Connect Four and brought in Monopoly or like the Bakersfieldopoly. You know, have you seen that? No. There was there's like a Bakersfield version it's not even associated with the real mattel or yeah, whoever yeah, makes monopoly yeah. but it's called bakersfieldopoly and uh-huh. i think what the the company does is they create like these this monopoly it's a board like, game yeah it's a monopoly so they definitely have gel on this one then it's no it's not <laughs> they have a traffic jam really so the gel is just a traffic jam yeah oh, so wow. it's essentially like the same board game but it's catered to like the 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 buildings and the streets and stuff is Got catered it. to so bakersfield do, do they have meth on there too 
Yeah, they and, have a and meth oil deal. <laughs> 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 meth Avenue. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's the idea. But it's pretty. It's pretty cool. So I brought that to the class, and a couple of the kids are. They were playing it, um, and it's not necessarily within the rules, but I feel like, you know, if as long as I could get one or two students to be like, hey, man, this is kind of fun, like, right. I feel like you've accomplished something. But for every single one of those elderly people to be in there just, like, you know, watching freaking days of our lives every day is just not good. Like sands of the hour, <laughs> These are the days of our lives. Yeah, all that da, terrible da, acting. Da, da. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That show and fucking uh, back in the day, damn it, the old lawyer that always busted people. Matlock? Oh, my God. How did that motherfucker find out all these crimes, man? Ah, And he would always, the show would always end the same way on Matlock. And you did it because you killed him. That's why you did it. (laughs) And they'd be like, your honor, order in the court, order in the court. And then it would always end with him winning the case. Yeah. That was, you know, that was the most watched show amongst senior citizens. When was that? He was old. Yeah, he was definitely old. And, but before that, he I think he was on the Andy Griffith show. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He, yeah. He was like a, a, a like a freaking local sheriff. That's one. You know, we had that conversation about endings. That's um, one of those things. Something like Days of Our Lives. They should just have a crazy season finale or series finale. Yeah. Like everybody. Is it gets, still going on? I don't know, dude. Yeah. But if they do, they need to end it crazy. Like everybody gets blown up. <laughs> just fucking just, just blow everybody up. <laughs> oh shit! A bomb. Boom. <laughs> Hey, you know, uh, what's his face? Um, Stephen A. Smith did a couple couple uh, guest appearances on some TV show. Like some really? Soap opera. Yeah. Oh, wow. He did it twice. Um, I, I'm, I think it was twice. But yeah, he's, I, don't, he's, I don't know what his role was, but I just seen like a clip of it. They showed it on first he's take. The, the anonymous black guy? Yeah. <laughs> what's funny is like, it's funny is when you watch like a soap opera and mm-hmm. obviously the cast will be like predominantly white. But then you look in the background and it'll be like people like that, like extras having conversations. And then mm-hmm. it's like some random one random black guy, mm-hmm. like in the background talking. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I see what they did there. <laughs> Got to add a little diversity. In there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I see you black guy with no words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe in the back they tell you, like, obviously you can't talk. But the through the camera, it looks like you know they're talking in the right. distance. But really, you're just moving your mouth. Right. Like, to, you remember back in the day when every black person in a horror movie died first? Mm-hmm. They yeah. never made it through the yeah. movie. That's so trash, dude. <laughs> It'd be like, and then you'll be thinking like, oh my god, a black guy, he almost made it to the end. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh shit, a shark. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, One of his favorite, my favorite lines from Samuel Jackson was like, "I'm tired of all these motherfucking <laughs> snakes on this motherfucking plane." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, they have a name for each character in a movie. Yeah, like it'll be like you know uh, Liam Neeson as so and so, right? Yeah. And in Samuel Jackson's movie, his name is the same. It just say nigga at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jackson starring as nigga. <laughs> Angry nigga. <laughs> Angry nigga. You motherfuckers. I think he says that in almost every movie. Yeah. A lot of times, though, that these directors are like 
they're like they're playing on the cliche, definitely, because they know people are expecting him to say some like some sort of like you know cut. Even in the Marvel movies, every now and then he'll be like he'll say something outlandish like that. Yeah, but it's like it's crazy how he carved out this whole little lane for himself. Yeah, and literally every fucking movie. Samuel Jackson plays the same person. Mm-hmm. He is the most typecasted motherfucker <laughs> in Hollywood history. I, look, I got respect for him. He's been in the game a long fucking time. But the same way you see Samuel Jackson in his interviews or out in the world when they're talking to him mm-hmm. is the same motherfucker he plays in every <clears throat> movie. You'd be like, dude. Yeah. You've been the same motherfucker since, uh, what's the movie? The Shark movie with, uh, is it Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, look, I ain't throwing no shade at Samuel Jackson. I just find it hilarious how this nigga has been the same person in every movie. (laughs) I think that's, yeah, that's the majority of actors, though. I think that um, he does play a lot of the same roles, um, but I do think he's a really good actor, though. Yeah. I think that um, if he really, because, like, roles like, um, uh, what's the, not, the latest one, which was Glass. Oh, that yeah. I don't want to talk about that movie, man. The, not the. It's Unbreakable, right? The one yeah, that was. I, I think with the, um with uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, with Bruce Willis. Yes, yeah, yeah. That role, like he every now and then he'll do something like that where he's not like Samuel L. Jackson. So I know he can do it. I just think but, that you know there's not I, too many. Others. I don't like to give my opinion too much because on people's stuff. I just say it wasn't my cup of tea. That's all I'll say. The movie? Yeah. Well, I haven't seen the movie. I'm not talking about the movie yeah. or how, whatever it was. But his role in that is not like the typical like angry. That's true. Yeah. That's <clears throat> true. But there were elements of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, we totally got off track. The sprint versus marathon mindset. Um, like you had mentioned earlier, like there's you know, certain things you can't fast track. Uh, and also we talked about this content. And, and building that fan base, or almost I almost say fan base, but listeners, people that invest in your content. Mm-hmm. How can someone truly invest in what you're doing if you haven't given them enough time and have proved these things to them? It's like looking at, you know, I don't know, the stock market. You're looking at the NASDAQ or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something's been out for, what, three days, yeah. two days? And yeah. You're already investing in it? You haven't even given t- time for that to see growth in whatever you're investing in. Yeah. So when people try to fast track these things and, you know, they're more or less looking for a sprint. Mm-hmm. The same same reason why you'll see a person that they'll be in a relationship, break up and be in another relationship the next week. They never given themselves enough time to really, you know, uh, t- handle their feelings and, you know, grow into the next relationship. Mm-hmm. You just see a lot of people break up and they with a new motherfucker in a week. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, that, that's terrible. I ain't, dude. I haven't been in a relationship in years, mm-hmm. in years. My life's going great, and I think if I do get married, I can credit me not being in a relationship for a long time, and having patience and actually being able to. I won't say wait because I ain't been waiting, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least not putting myself in situations that I feel were questionable, and you know, valuing my own sanity. Mm-hmm. By the time I actually do get in a relationship, it'll be worth it. Yeah. I think some on Joe Budden's podcast, they were talking about that. Just like um, people learning to live with themselves. Right. Some people be so, you know, in a hurry to be, you know, 
cuddled up or buddy buddy with somebody that they don't really you can't really like you know just internalize things that you're thinking about and your feelings right you know and you're already rushing into the next relationship yeah that's too much yeah. I, I i thoroughly enjoy myself yeah. I, I wake up in the morning i'm like oh, i got my my bed to myself yeah you know i get up i do what i do but i don't feel it's kind of it's people don't I don't think people really get it, man. Like, yeah. I don't need anyone. I think that's the place you should be in in your life. Mm-hmm. You don't need anybody. There's a woman There's a woman out there right now. Maybe she's listening to the podcast. Maybe she's not. A lot of women be listening to the podcast. Yes. But I'm, that, that genuinely does not need a man to yeah. validate. That's the woman that I want. Yeah. I want a woman that does not need me. That's that, the woman that yeah. I want. Me and Eddie were talking to one of the OGs. Uh, a while back and um he had recently got out of uh a long relationship he was married actually he's going through a divorce and he was saying like that's his only one regret his only one regret was that he wasn't more independent in the relationship Mm. that he didn't build his credit enough to where right you know he can go find his own spot whenever you know things broke down or you know he didn't have his you know a lot of the bills and whatever and his you know even the house that they had uh, bought together they were paying for the bills together but his credit score was so low that he wasn't able to actually put his name on the lease yeah so um you know that's you know just a little nugget that he gave to us and you know that's you know you're you're going to be able to give offer more to a relationship if you're both coming in as two strong individuals bam right on the fucking money yeah exactly there's so many people that are broken getting in relate what are you doing being broken or broke I don't want to enter a relationship with a woman if I don't feel like I'm contributing enough to her. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should compliment each other. I'm not saying you're not you're not always going to meet people when they're on top, but I want to have enough. I want to bring my my worth needs to be comparable to yours for it to work out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be this broke dude and you over here making all this money and you're living out your dreams and I'm over here. I don't even know what I want to do with myself. Yeah. I feel like if you're a whole person, I'm a whole person, this shit's going to be good. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're, what, what would they call, uh, uh, that's kind of, I won't say that's a toxic thing to say, like an alpha female. Mm-hmm. Just a woman that knows, I feel like an alpha female is a woman that knows herself. That's you, a good thing. That's a good thing, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it, there's women that say, like, men aren't ready for an alpha female, they're intimidated by it, please. Mm-hmm. Bring it. <laughs> there was, I think, uh, there was a, a li- like the store manager I used to work for. Right. She had that on her license plate, I believe. What was like it? Alpha female or something like that. But that was, was, was she really alpha female though? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know her that well, but she was, <laughs> she lifted weights. Oh, wow. Yeah. I yeah. like those type of, those kind of tough chicks. I, I don't she wasn't tough like that she I don't know why she put it or why she believed she was an alpha female mm-hmm. I just remember that license plate you know? yeah yeah man it, it, there's not a lot of alpha females out there mm-hmm. you know and I, I don't I don't label that as like you know this super tough chick that knows karate or some shit mm-hmm. just a chick that's very strong-minded very strong in her beliefs mm-hmm. that believes in things and yeah and uh and has goals and aspirations yeah, yeah. that's that's someone that I'm uh, thoroughly invested in mm-hmm. but uh as of now it's all about the pussy juice man oh my god remember <laughs> 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 that song all about the benjamins yeah it's all about the pussy juice man. <laughs> uh, what y'all want to do <laughs> 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 
right. You got anything else to add, Keith? Uh, let me check my notes real quick. Oh my God! On. Here we go. Keith's making us wait again. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> Keith's looking through his phone. Let me give you guys a play-by-play. He's swiping through his phone. He's got some text messages. Got some nudes in his phone. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah, All I think right. we touched on everything. All right, don't don't say that. Um. <laughs> All right, man. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast and you made it all the way to the end, we appreciate you and we thank you for listening to episode 59. 59. Um, You've been listening to the Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. All right. Peace.